episode of Go Out and Talk to Strangers. This is Adi, the Nomad Architect. And this is the place where I'm sharing with you ideas and inspiration, hosting founders, entrepreneurs, and extremely talented people to share their experience with us. And today we have with us Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Hello. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you. <laughs> Kristen is the CEO and co-founder of Caper Co-Living Australia. And these days, he's also the managing director of Hamlet Australia. This interview is going to focus on his first project, Caper Co-Living. Kristen, please tell us how it all started. Sure. Um, Caper. So Caper Co-Living um, is a business that uh, me and my co-founder set up uh, about, formally we set it up only probably like nine months ago. Um, but. I've, I've been working on the idea for about 18 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, you know, we were one of the first co-living companies to kind of establish ourselves in Australia. Um, Australia is a funny country because, you know, it's pretty advanced, but we take a while to catch on to global ideas and global, global themes. So um, I was in London uh, in the summer of 2017, and uh, my sister lives there, and I stumbled onto the concept of co-living. And I came back to Australia and I was like, well, this, this will work here. I just have to find a way to make it work. So um, it, took me, it took me about 12 months to figure it out. But um, yeah, we, we, we launched, uh, formally we launched uh, in, I think, August 2018. And what, what exactly about the idea you thought could fit Australia? Um, Australia is um, no Australia is a really interesting country because um, you know we we are very we we're, we're very advanced economy we're quite relatively speaking we're quite a wealthy economy um, but if you look at it geographically um, all the population is predominantly based in the eastern seaboard so you've got kind of big cities like Sydney Melbourne Brisbane Canberra and um, you know the majority of the population I think the population is something like 25 million people in total. The majority of the population live on the eastern seaboard, right? And that that's because of a couple of different reasons. Um, from a from a habitation point of view, it's it's probably the best place to live. Australia is a very hot country as well, right? So you go you go like two hours into the country and it's very very hot. So mm-hmm. everyone loves uh, living by the coast. And on top of that, um, Australians are notoriously famous for loving beaches, right? Mm-hmm. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah, worldwide, right? So. Um, what that has meant is, um, you know, there's a relatively uh, concentrated uh, density of people living in certain areas, and that's created an affordability problem where uh, property prices have continued to go up. Uh, and if you graph it over the last kind of 20 years, property prices are just kind of year-on-year growth, right? Mm-hmm. And the last six years have been phenomenal, I think, um, it's been the biggest gain we've had over the last 30 years. The last six years have been the biggest gain we've had. And price, the average median income house in, in, in Sydney, you know, it's gone from like circa a million dollars to, or uh, like six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars to like million, $1.2 million, right? So it's almost doubled. Wow. What that has meant is young people, um, they have a hard time getting into the property market to buy, right? Is it the same to rent? Um, no, look, renting, renting can be expensive depending on where you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. For example, um, you know, Bondi Beach, which is, you know, one of the most famous beaches, 
if you want to live in Bondi Beach, you're paying anywhere from seven hundred to a thousand dollars for a one bedroom apartment. Okay. And and to put that in perspective, um, you go out west, like which is maybe an hour west from the CBD, which is still a a very convenient place to live because there's trains and everything. You can get a for a thousand dollars, you can probably get yourself a four bedroom house. Wow. That's a big difference. So, so there's a big there's a big difference, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Australia is observing it globally. Australia is probably one of the few places in the world where people pay to live closer to put things like beaches than they do in the city. So, if you want to pay a thousand dollars in Bondi, that's fine. But that thousand dollars, if you want to live in the CBD, you could probably get a two bedroom apartment, right? So it's this weird lifestyle kind of thing where Australians they rent where they want to live. Um, not necessarily where it's the most convenient place, because、um, again, back to the Bondi example. Bondi, if you live in Bondi, it's actually not easy to get to work if you don't have a car. So there's a bunch of different kind of themes and thematics within Australian culture that has made this kind of、um, a really interesting time、um, to start a clothing business, right?、Mm-hmm. I can say when I first came across the idea, it was very difficult because when I was speaking to developers and investors, they were saying, well. Why should I do co-living when I can just build apartments and sell them? Because everyone wants property prices keep going up, right? Why would I build them and hold them, right? That was that was eighteen eighteen to twelve months ago, right? Twelve to eighteen months ago. Today it's totally different. Changed so quickly. Yeah, it's changed quickly.、Um, exactly. Yeah, the prices have dropped. I mean, I think this in the last three four months,、um, prices.、Uh, you know, to put it in simplistic terms. We've lost two years worth of gains in the last three four months, right?、Um, so prices are dropping, and、uh, if you're a developer, you're 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 panicking because you're kind of like I've I thought I can keep building apartments and people keep buying them, but that's not really happening as much as it was. So, what was the change? What was the changing point、uh, in the market? I think、um, a, a few different things. Right? I mean, you can't keep having property prices gaining at the levels that they were gaining, right? Well, it depends where you know. In Israel, they kind of like double themselves again and again because of demand. Sure, I, I, but then again, I mean, I think we were. It was coming off the back of you know cheap debt. It was coming off the back of you know net migration,、um, and it was also this realization that, relatively speaking, on a global level, Australian real estate was relatively cheap, right? So people kept buying, and whether it was kind of foreigners or locals. Um, and there's other concept, which is quite technical, but、um, it's called negative gearing,、mm-hmm. right? Negative gearing is a concept that if you are a you know a, a young family, okay, and、um, you know you you've been saving up to buy your 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 first home, right? That's fine. You can live in, live in that home, and that's not a problem. And in fact, you get a lot of tax exemptions on that home because it's yours. If you sell it, you don't pay as much taxes as you would. But let's say you've then progressed through your life and you 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 keep saving money, and you want to buy a second property, but you, as an investment, right? And you just want to rent it out.、Mm-hmm. What that allows you to do actually is you can、um, buy a property that you can't necessarily afford. And what that what I mean by that is, let's say you go buy a two million dollar property,、um, and the rental income on that property doesn't match your mortgage, right? So the mortgage on the property,、um, you're actually The mortgage on the property is greater than the rental income you're getting, right? So you're making a loss on it. What you can do is you can take that loss and use it as a tax offset. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what that means is investors are somewhat rewarded for going and buying property and making a loss because they can take that loss 
and offset it against their tax, you know, their other tax exposure. Mm-hmm. So what that means is it's created this culture of um, property ownership in Australia where people are just buying property as a means of storing wealth. And they're not necessarily buying it because fundamentally, you know, it makes sense. And it's, yeah, it, it's, not a, it's not a really good precedent to set where you're encouraging people to buy pro- properties to lose money, right? Um, so that's created this weird kind of culture. I mean, someone told me, and I don't know if this is true, but um, we are one of the very few countries in the world that has that mechanism. Um, so I think I think of the I think of the U.S. and 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 I think they have a a, a different kind of something that it, it, you can use tax offsets uh, when when investing in real estate, but it's a bit more complicated. Um, so and and then I guess the bot- the other bottom line is there's an inherent culture in Australia to own property. Like if your parents own property, they would have done very well. If your parents own ho- property, the likelihood is they'd be multimillionaires. Um, today, so that 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 thinking has been ingrained into us as as younger generations, but it's now no longer feasible. It's not possible for us to buy property unless my parents help me, or mm-hmm. I work. You know, even if I work extremely hard and I'm on a well-paying job, I still can't really buy a place where I want to live. I can buy a place further out, but I can't buy a place where I want to live. So it's it's like the perfect storm for co-living, right? Mm-hmm. It set us up to like make a real impact. Um, and um, my business partner, um, you know, he's 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 a strong believer that the renter is under um, is kind of low, lower priority in in the whole market, right? Okay. And there's there's stories where like renters in Australia, in particularly in cities like Sydney and Melbourne, where there's just so much demand and there's so much churn, you're very you're you you're treated pretty badly, right? So this created this kind of um. This expectation amongst renters that it's okay, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to feel bad, or we're supposed to be mistreated. <laughs> That's a good starting point for you. And you look at that, and you're kind of like, that shouldn't be right. If you're paying a thousand dollars for a one bedroom apartment, or seven fifty for a two bedroom apartment, doesn't matter, right? You're spending, to put in perspective, that seven fifty a week is thirty six thousand dollars a year, I think, right? Imagine what you can buy with thirty six thousand dollars a year, right? And the, imagine, imagine the type of service you would get. Like, you can go buy a brand new BMW for $36,000 a year, and I can guarantee you the service would be a lot better than what you would get renting a two-bedroom apartment. So um, so these are things that I think have played to the reason why we set up our business. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the last six months have been phenomenal for us. I mean, we've got really good positive attention towards what we're doing. Um, and uh, we, sometimes it's kind of funny to think that our first property – is opening in about ten days from today. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've been working very hard, but the, we it's only we haven't even launched technically. We haven't even launched yet, right? Um, yet we've got I think this, I, someone uh, I had to do this thing a couple of weeks ago and accounted. We've got fourteen Arctic press articles and like, wow. and it's not because of us. It's because of the, what we're doing in the sector, right? It's like mm-hmm. um, co-living is is now getting people's attention. So you're saying like. Uh, 18, 12 months ago, you, people weren't familiar with the idea. How did you get them to understand mm. the potential, like you and me uh, understand them? I think the good thing about co-living is it's not rocket science, right? And it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily new. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you hear that a lot. Co-living is not new. It's been, it's been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Yeah. But what we're doing is we're putting our spin on it, right? We're putting the modern day spin on it. We're using technology as an enabler. Mm-hmm. We, are, um, we are playing to the fact that millennials are experiencing 
unprecedented level unprecedented levels of isolation right so we're trying to bring them back together um we're playing to the fact that real estate is inherently expensive it doesn't matter if you're in sydney new york or london it is expensive right mm-hmm. so all these things coming together um we've just kind of pieced them together right like there's no there's no necessary secret sauce um and it's a weird thing to say because you know the, it, it, why why aren't there are there competitors um but it's also not a very easy business to start you know real estate is a very capital intensive game of course um yeah so we we weren't that pretty quickly <laughs> um and, and um i think for a lot of people as well i mean you've seen co-working come out um co-living i do think could be will be bigger than co-working i really do think that um but it will also take its own form i think there'll be 100 different versions of co-living mm-hmm. um and i think there'll be a 100 different operators doing 100 different versions right so uh all in all um co-living now it, it's here to stay and i think um it's i think this year last year the second half of last year we saw it i think globally we saw co-living getting a lot of attention yeah. but i think this year it'll be a, a real big year for co-living mm-hmm. i agree yeah. i i really believe it's yeah. the future of housing of residential it's about mm. people are looking to have an experience we rather pay more mm. me as an individual I rather pay more mm. for something that gives me true value like being a part mm. of a community instead of mm. uh being on in on my own and like you know mm. just working and not socializing and yeah like I think that the trick the trick with the, what we're doing is to make sure it's not out of reach from a price point perspective like we there's no denying that the first our first versions of co-living will be a little bit more expensive because we are having to kind of obviously make the model work right and as we get scaled the prices will come down but one of the things we've we've done very intentionally with our first few properties in in Sydney is to make sure that the pricing is still very much attainable and what i mean by that is um you know simple maths like let's say you're renting a a studio apartment for 450 a week right but when you tack on internet and electricity and a one clean a week and if you want to annualize the cost of your furniture you know you might end up uh spending a hundred dollars a week extra so let's say 550 mm-hmm. right and then the other thing is you have to spend all the time bringing it all together right so then one of my one of my proper one of my first properties in sydney a studio is 550 right mm-hmm. so it's kind of in line with 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 what you would pay if you would when you tack on all these services right and my 550 studio is all inclusive so you get everything i just described cleaning utilities everything mm-hmm. right but what it doesn't factor in is the convenience right we're bringing it all together for you we're furnishing the place we've got staff on site like so we our thesis and it'll be interesting to see where whether i'm right or not our thesis is people are moving in for the convenience okay and they're going to stay for the community mm. um so we'll see <laughs> okay and i i would love if you can tell our audience a bit more about the project itself sure like uh how did you st- like how did you decide about the apartment mm. sizes or about how it all come together mm. um so um it wasn't easy to find the first site um we took us a lot of hunting um uh, but eventually we found uh, a a property developer that believed in what we were doing mm-hmm. um he had a site that um he was going to develop anyway okay. so we kind of said to him hey look what about if you develop it this way Um fortunately he had already got it approved to develop something with similar to what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we went in there with our with my design team, and we kind of started changing things, right? Like we wanted to turn. Um, uh, it's 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 funny. So that he got it. Uh, one of the things that he got approved was he had a he had a communal kitchen on the on the top level of the building, right? Yeah. And uh, sorry, communal laundry on the top level. Mm-hmm. So you go to this laundry and you look at it and you're like, it's got views of the CBD and it's got a balcony overlooking the city. And you're thinking, this is the best laundry in the world. Like, <laughs> why 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 would it be why would it be a laundry? So. Uh, you know, we we kind of um, looked at it and we said, no, we're gonna change that. Um, and now it's now it's a communal kitchen and a dining room with mm. with a roof with a uh, balcony that will, people can have drinks and look at su- look at the sunset, right? Yeah, sounds much better. Yeah, than a laundry, right? I mean, in saying that, I think it would be pretty cool if you could do your laundry and see the sunset. But um, we thought it, that's the next step. Next, that's the next step to find a property with a laundry over, overlooking maybe the ocean or something. But um. Yeah, so that 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 was um, a property that we were able to go in there and make our own kind of changes, mm-hmm. without necessarily altering the fundamental kind of building. Okay. Um, and that's quite small. That's uh, only sixteen um, beds, um, but they're okay. quite large. All studios. All studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that property has um, it's got the communal. It's got every every studio has its own um, bathroom and own kitchen, mm-hmm. right? And there's uh, two little co-working spaces on the property as well. Um, a very large living room on the ground floor, like massive, um, that will have games room, kind of additional co-working space, lounges. Um, and then you got the rooftop that I spoke about. Um, a little internal courtyard that we're going to be turning into what we're calling um, a secret garden. So we're just going to be filling it with vegetation and it's going to be... Yeah, you're gonna when you're in there, you're gonna feel like you're not even in Sydney because it's gonna feel like um, in the city. Uh, sounds magical. Yeah, uh, and then we we've actually retained. There's a commercial space as well on the ground floor, which we've retained, and we're currently working on an exciting project where um, it'll probably be a bar, um, which we we will open to the public. So it's kind of like we we really wanted to kind of extend our sense of community to the public, and we thought. Having a venue, a hospitality venue, will allow us to do that. So we're going to do that ourselves. We're partnering with a couple really, really um, experienced and well-known operators to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll it'll be a real cool vertically kind of integrated co-living building. Wow, that sounds amazing. And bar, I agree, it's one of the best places when uh, if you want to create a community and have people like very friendly, that's a perfect place to do it. Yeah, I mean the vision with that is, and we're realizing this more recently, and this wasn't our initial vision with it, but it's going to also be a meeting place for all our other members in our other properties, right? Mm-hmm. So every, maybe every once a month, we'll organize an event at that bar where my, my members in my Bondi property can come meet my bem- members in my Sydney city property. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they can mingle and, you know, so that's, that's, that's also one of the ide- uh, ideas behind that bar. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. example, when you, like, it sounds fantastic. And mm. when you, okay, so you develop this project and mm-hmm. when you're looking for your residence, like a tenant, mm. Uh, mm. how was the process of, like, I read something about the filter method in your website. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that we, we definitely want to get to a point where we're using technology to match people, right, in terms of flatmates. Um, but because they're all self-contained studios, you kind of have your private space um, and the whole concept of who lives next to you 
is probably less relevant in this particular property, but that'll change with our other properties where there'll be more communal kind of inward facing properties, right? Um, but um, look, what we, what, what we have to do with this property, for example, is we have had to curate the community to make sure that, you know, there's, there's, there's a good balance in terms of genders and ages and stuff. But the good thing is because we're new, it's not like we're having to, um, we're getting a lot of interest, but we're not in a, having to be in a position where we're saying no to too many people, right? Because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to admit it. Like we're not, you know, we're not going to, we're not going out there and saying we've got hundreds and hundreds of people lining up because we haven't marketed the property. Like we haven't, we haven't activated it. So the people that are coming and applying are finding us organically, mm. whether it's because they've re read about it or they found our website. So the property is um, half full, which is great because we haven't opened yet. Um, and I anticipate to fill the other half very quickly. Yeah. Um, but going forward, what we want to do is we want to learn, you know, we want to keep building this kind of um, data loop which allows us to keep learning and getting this operational data to understand, mm -hmm. you know, what works well, what works, do what doesn't work and just keep fine tuning every future property. Um, there are things that I'm sure we, we haven't even thought of today, you know, that we'll find out on day one, once the doors are open. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are things that we got right. There are things that we got wrong. So these, are, I think that's the beauty as well about um, kind of just starting with something that's kind of relatively boutique. Um, there's not, too much that can go wrong with 16 rooms <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. so we hope we'll hope let's yeah. see what happens <laughs> i see that and yeah. is there a minimum lease yes so this uh property will have a minimum stay um well actually we initially we started off uh with the view of doing 12 months minimum then we wanted to do six months and now we finally settled on three months um, and the only reason behind that is we've got a lot of feedback from our members. A lot of the people who have applied have said, can I do three months or could I do four months? Could I do six months? And I was like, wait a second. Okay. It looks like we got that wrong. We got, we, 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 we thought 12 months would be good, but it looks like they want the short, the lo lowest term possible. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're doing three months and then after the three months, you can do month to month. Okay. So what is the reason people are looking to do short term? Because they're not living in the city or just they want to see if it fits them? I think it's part of part they want to see if it if fits them. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely also think um, there's a there's a, a, a demand for mobility and, uh, you know, there's a, a demand amongst millennials, particularly of not necessarily wanting to commit to something long term. Um, I mean, you know, you're, you're a perfect example, right? Like you want to be able to m move around whenever you want. I do. Um, so, so that's one of the, I think that's another key reason, right? But we also see that we think that's quite, um, that's interesting because we also recognize that if I was to do a property for a different, a different demographic, let's say young families or, um, you know, they, they actually prioritize longer Lease, yeah. leases and they actually would, they want to have the security of tenure. They want to make sure that me as a landlord, I'm not going to increase their rents mm -hmm. every year, right? So they want to be able to maybe walk in two, three years at a time. So it's interesting how the different life cycle and the different age ages, they want different things that are entirely different, right? And in fact, sometimes they're entirely opposite. Um, so we have to really know our market. And would you say your yeah. your tenants are mostly locals or part of the, like, are you going to host digital nomads or just? Um, um, I think it's 50-50. Um, I think 50% of our members will be um, 
from overseas, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I mean, if you if I was to talk about the macro macro reasons for that, um, I think we have something like three hundred or maybe even four hundred thousand international students in Australia. Mm. I think we're the third most popular destination for international students, like because we are in the backyard of Asia, right? Yeah. So what we've noticed is these international students, a lot of them, their f- parents are willing to pay for them to go to expensive university accommodation. Mm-hmm. But then once a lot of them also come to Australia with the view of wanting to finish their degree and and find a job and hopefully maybe stay, right? Get get permanent residency or whatnot. But once once they go to student student accommodation and they usually go there for about two years on average, mm-hmm. once they want to leave, they don't really have an alternative other than going into the private rental market and finding a, a one bedroom apartment or a two bedroom, right? And then there's complexities around that because um, they have to buy furniture and whatnot. So we we think that we see ourselves catering to a lot of um, uh, kind of more mature international students that have been in Australia for a little while, but. They've they've gone through the university system and they may have graduated and they're looking for another place to live. Um, we also see ourselves grad, uh, catering to this the general expat market, right? So you you know, for example, if you move to Sydney, right, like mm-hmm. you're you would be considered to be an expat if you're working in Sydney, and you'd probably stay in one of our properties, right? I would love that. <laughs> yeah, and and then and then the locals, um, you know, locals that um they may just they may want to change because they've lived in one part of Sydney their whole life and they want to go try somewhere else. But they don't have the the means or the ability to go buy uh, go move into a one bedroom apartment and fully furnish it, right? Mm-hmm. Or another example, which is actually something that we're seeing with a few of our members, and they're quite open about it. They've just got out of a relationship, mm. right? And whether it's whether it's a long term relationship or you know in some instances they might might have got divorced or you know they want they want a new they they want a new setting, right? They want and they also want a space that. Um, is new and but it's it's all fully serviced and it's kind of like you know they don't have to go worry about cleaning and stuff like that right so um it's, there's actually a lot of emotion that goes into deciding where you want to live and for us we are hoping to be able to create a product that appeals to that <laughs> you describe it very well do i that's good <laughs> yeah it sounds really interesting and also it's like you're aiming to meet the user's expectations Right, like you see what they need, and then you design the place for them. Yeah, correct, hundred percent. I mean, one of the things that um, you know, I think um, we 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 speak to all types. We speak to other clothing companies all around the world, right? And we we learn from them. They learn from us. And um, one of the things we want to do is reuse technology to re-figure out what we're. You know, for example, a simple example is being able to use um, kind of heat um, Wi-Fi kind of tracking technology to be able to figure out where people are spending the most time. In, in in their in the co-living properties okay. so then the next and the simple way to do that is you live in one of our properties you connect to our wi-fi right it's totally anonymous mm-hmm. like you know we don't we don't and we don't care who you are because we just want to know where you're spending your time and we might find out that barely anyone is spending their time in the communal kitchen right because everyone has their own kitchen in their rooms so then we might decide the next time we don't do a communal kitchen we turn it into a something else right yeah Or alternatively, we find out that no one's using the communal laundry, and that might tell us that people prefer to have their own laundry, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to be smart about it. We have to use the, the tools to our disposal, and it's technology, and it's it's not using technology for the sake of using technology, but it's using technology to enable enable and create a better experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you going to to 
use I don't know this kind of like a members app or like an inner circle of the community uh, to communicate. Yeah, no. So we've we've got an app. We've, we're working. We're developing an app, um, which is super cool, and um, it allows members to connect via the app. Um, it also allows you to order services um, on demand. Oh, right. Okay. So um, very convenient. And we've yeah we've thought a lot about it. Um, so that's coming up soon. Um, there's a lot of other exciting things coming up soon that um, you know maybe maybe in one year or two years when we when we have our second interview I can talk mm-hmm. about it what what we've achieved but um no our business is changing every day it's changing mm-hmm. I can understand yeah, yeah, yeah for sure and yeah. can you share yeah. a challenge like that you had to deal with mm-hmm. just from developing the concept or the the project itself yeah sure um I think the hardest thing as I mentioned earlier um co-living inherently it's a property it, it is a real estate business right mm-hmm. and i mean you don't necessarily have to, you don't have to own your real estate you could just be an operator you could be an asset light business right but convincing uh, an investor or a developer to allow you to take their asset which in reality is in excess of it's millions of dollars right like mm-hmm. you know we've got one property that's worth 35 million dollars and i'm thinking wow if i was the landlord i don't think i would have trusted myself with it so i don't know how he's <laughs> trusting it so like um you, it, it, it's 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 kind of the har- first property is the hardest i would even say the second property is probably just as hard because you have to convince someone the owner the stakeholder to allow you to to to, to launch your clothing concept within that building. so that's that was the biggest challenge and i can tell you for the first i said you know i told you um i took it i came up with the concept 18 months ago we only launched nine months so there was a differential of nine months that we kind of we're, we're trialing and trying to figure it out. In those nine months, there was a lot of door knocking. I was talking to so many developers and, you know, I'm, I'm super persistent and I've got a lot of, um, I'm very lucky to have people that are introducing me and helping me out to kind of get it. But I probably knocked on, not even exaggerating, maybe 40, 50 doors. And, you know, 40, I met with 40, 50 people before I ended up met, meeting the right person. And it's also meeting the right person, right? Because you don't want to find someone that they want to give you their property because they're in a difficult position or they're in trouble right or they they give you their property because you know and then you're going to end up owing them or they're going to end up beco- becoming a difficult landlord right of course so it's it's almost like dating right you have to meet the right person and um you know so far we've been very lucky with our property partners mm-hmm. um but then yeah it's, it's so it's, that's one of the biggest challenges and you understand why right like what how sure. find it's like, it's unproven in australia right Colouring, mm-hmm. and then convincing landlords to give you their buildings is a big thing mm-hmm, for sure 100. Yeah. so was there like how did you convince them like is what what was your main argument or let's say if somebody is in that position what is trying to convince yeah. uh, what was like the winning argument for that i think a lot of char- a lot of charm okay um but a lot of <laughs> um a lot of i guess just being honest with them mm-hmm. and telling them like, um, you know, this is what we're trying to do and letting them know, like, look, there, there's an element of always when you start a business kind of fake it till you make it kind of like hustle and like, you know, but you, you have to be careful with that because, um, you don't want to overinflate and kind of over promise and say, you know, you, you can deliver when you, when you, when you may not be able to. Mm-hmm. So you need to, that's again, back to the point, like find, you need to find the right property partner. Mm-hmm. Um, that believes in the idea as well. Yeah, believes in your idea, but it's also it's funny. Like, um, it also comes down to who introduces you to, introduces you to that property partner. 
So if you get a really good warm introduction, um, so one of my closest friends introduced me to this property partner. And so that means I was already going in with a positive, on a positive note, because he, he spoke positively of us, right? And then you speak, you know, you, 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 you be very open about it and you say, look, this is what I'm wanting to do. You've got a great property. Um, but it also come down to dollars, uh, you know, come down to numbers because they're, they're, they're not going to give it, they're not going to do you any favors, right? Very rarely will you get someone that's going to give you favors. Our, our first property partner was very, very generous mm-hmm. actually in terms of he wanted, he wanted to see us succeed. So, um, he gave us a very good deal. Um, but yeah, so, and I think you don't need to be, I think one of the things you don't need to start with a hundred rooms. You can start with five rooms. You can start with six rooms, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to go there and, and that's pretty attainable for most people if you can convince someone mm-hmm. to do that. So let's say if somebody wants to start his own co-living project somewhere around the world, what what would that yeah. would be your tip to start small? Start with five. Start with five mm-hmm. rooms. Yeah, like if you can afford to start with ten rooms, sixteen rooms, great. We're lucky. Like we we've got some funding to do sixteen mm-hmm. rooms, right? If it was me by myself, I wouldn't be able to do sixteen rooms. Um, you know, so start with five rooms. And the beauty about co-living is. As I mentioned before, there's a hundred different models, right? So come up with a model that you think will work or you think has, a, you know, you want to see work and implement that in five, in a small property of five rooms and think of it as like your test case or your, your show property, right? Like you want to be able to show people it works and you want to be able to kind of use it as a trial. And the reality is if it doesn't work, your downside's pretty limited on five rooms, mm-hmm. right? Um, your upside's also probably capped as well because you're not going to make a lot of efficiency on 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 five rooms but that's probably the best way to start yeah you can Um, learn a lot and you can test you can be very very uh like to have a lot of communication and feedback from the people that you're yeah living Mm -hmm. yeah i mean look if i was to redo it again what i do is i'd find a really cool five bedroom property Mm -hmm. and i would just take it for a year and i would get um i would get 12 different people 12 groups of different people in over a year Mm -hmm. And get them in every month, right? And ask them what what's good, what's bad, what's good, what's bad, and just build up a real good kind of operational kind of data data um, pool, right? And then be able to use that, right? I don't think I ha- I'm that patient in hindsight. I don't think I'd be able to wait twelve months. So <laughs> that's I'm talking kind of idealistically, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But um, yeah, start small. Like you can start mm-hmm. small. I think. I mean, some of the biggest co-living companies today have started with very small properties. That's amazing. That's a great tip. Yeah. And uh, mm. yeah, thank you for that. And okay, so we're coming to an end. And I have a question that I ask all my guests. Yeah. And I want you to honest to answer really honestly, and don't let mm. your inner filters up like disturb. Okay. Okay. So imagine you're in a pub. And you have like a few drinks and you feel very light and very like creative. And suddenly mm. you have this amazing idea. So mm. you take a napkin, let's call it, and you write it down. And the next day, mm. I don't know, you wake up and you find it in your pocket. Uh, what would it say, the napkin? What would be like the craziest idea you allowed yourself to, to think about? There is no money limit, no, like you have all the time in the world, whatever. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, um, what I really like to see with what I'm doing today is I want to take it um, into a space, like, you know, we're right now focused on city living, right? So a lot of our properties will be in cities. 
but I want to take it outside of cities, right? I want to create a, a digital nomad kind of iteration mm-hmm. of what we're doing. So, you know, in a, I grew up in Asia. So for me, um, I can visualize having properties in places like Sri Lanka mm-hmm. or Thailand, um, you know, and, but then it, it creates one big, that's not a separate business. It still links into my city business, right? My, my main color business is still the same because you might decide to move to my Sydney property and then move into my, um, my, my Sri Lanka property, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably one of the creative thing that I really want to do eventually. So what would be a location? Like a location? Um, uh-huh. look, given my parents are Sri Lankan and, um, that's probably a place that I think I would do a f- one. Mm-hmm. Um, I also grew up in Thailand, so Thailand's got a, a, a close place, is a close place to me. So um, I know a couple of places in Thailand. I've already started looking, actually, just oh. out of curios- curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, but even places like Oman, right? Not many people know Oman, but it's a fantastic country. Like, it's a quiet place in the Middle East that I think would be a great place. But it also, it's it's kind of ticking my aspirations to one day maybe get into hotels. Because mm. I know something that's something for me... I'm like, if I can figure out how people want to live, um, I think I'll be able to figure out how people want to take time off. Yeah. Um, so that's probably one of the crazy ideas that I know I think I'll end up doing in some shape or form, but it's, it's, it's coming. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing your ideas and experience with us. And I'm going to share the link to your website. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Hi guys, it's Adi again. I'm very happy to have you with me and I would like to ask for your help for the next season of the show. The next project I'm going to host will focus on unique experiences. If you've ever been to a place that made a strong impression on you, or if you started one yourself, a retreat center, a sustainable project, art gallery, hotel, somewhere in nature, anything that creates a special experience for the guest. It could be anywhere around the world. So send me the details and maybe you'll be on my show. And until the next time, go out and talk to strangers. It's been a pleasure. Ciao, ciao!